Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. We've had a great couple of episodes so far talking about what is worship, what is the cost of worship. Then we talked about the pattern of worship. So today we're going to be talking about worship um, as warfare. Um, So let's start with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. So you want to go ahead and read it for me right there. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Okay, so when we're thinking about why is why do I need warfare? So forget the fact that worship is warfare. What is my battle? What? Why do I need warfare? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is answering that question. Read it for me in the Passion Translation because I love this. Okay. It says, uh, to put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. Isn't that good? Yeah. I love this. Go ahead. Yeah. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides, so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. That's so good. Yeah, I love this because God is impressing upon us. Paul wrote the book of of Ephesians. He's impressing upon us the importance of keeping that perspective. So you and I have talked a little bit about when we enter into that worship place, that it's kind of like this, it kind of shifts us into that superposition. I think you you almost kind of uh, talked about it being like a bridge, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. it bridges us, it immediately puts us in that place. Uh, we talked in the last episode about how we're moving beyond the flesh, beyond the soul, which let's be honest, all of the challenges that we have here on earth are usually flesh and blood, right? But he's saying, no, 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 none of it's flesh and blood. I made a Facebook post the other day, it might have been Instagram, whatever. It said, um, it's never personal and it's never political. It's always spiritual. Always spiritual. Mm -hmm. So um, how would, I'm putting you on the the spot here, but how Mm -hmm. would you connect this passage to worship as warfare? Yeah, so... You know, first of all, I love that it says that there's highest principalities and authorities operating rebellion under the heavenly realms. I think we talked about that a yes. few episodes ago. Yes, about go ahead and review how, it. How Satan is a worship leader. Yes. <laughs> like, that's what he does. It's just he wants us to worship anything but, but God. God. And so that's what this is saying to that's me. That's so is, good. You know, I feel like I was like, boom, just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He what he's doing is he's got this dark world in bondage, and he's trying to get us to worship sports, worship our phones, worship TikTok, worship you know, worship our spouse, worship whatever it is. Worship your kids. Yeah. Even good things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, that's his goal. And so what this is saying is he's he's saying so we're good. we're fighting. And he's so good at it because yeah. that was his position. Yeah. He is the he is like. Yeah. Yeah. And so how are we going to... So I'm getting a fresh revelation right now, like, whoo! Well, how do you fight a worship leader, right? 
worship. Yes, <laughs> but worship yes. what's true. You right. Know? That's so worship good. God. And, uh, and so that's how we... Yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking of this song. This is how I fight my battles, yes, right? It's like yes. with my worship, with my songs, and um, I think further on in this video, I think we're going to talk about a couple of characters in the yes, Bible, absolutely, um, who worship through song. We are going to talk about that. Um, but man, that's so good. So I think the important thing for us to recognize here is why why should I care that worship is warfare? Why mm. why does that matter to me? Well, it matters because. Worship isn't just about you. Um, it's about what God is releasing through you, mm-hmm. for you, but also for those around you. Mm-hmm. It is how we fight the battles of this world. Yeah. Um, and so it's important for us to recognize. Now in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Let's be honest. Some of us are. We're trying to battle um, our anger with our reasoning. Yep. <laughs> we're trying to reason our way through some of the battles. And when we're talking about the battles that we f- we face, we're not just talking about the battle that you're facing with your neighbor or with your friend. Let's keep it real and let's talk about some of the internal battles that we struggle with. When we struggle mm-hmm. with depression or we struggle with yeah. uh, pornography. And how do, we, with- how do we fight that with our flesh? We, we, uh, we develop eating disorders, right? Like we struggle with food or we, you know, those are all ways we try and combat these things that are spiritual with our flesh Mm -hmm. and it's you you know you're never going to get freedom battling it that way at best at best we will learn how to manage those things right but the bible says in first john 3 8 4 is for this purpose that the son of man has manifested to utterly destroy the works of the devil Mm -hmm. right and so when we start managing things out of our flesh that's not what Jesus was manifest for. Right. Mm-hmm. He was manifested that we would walk in that total freedom. He wants to shatter the shatter works of, the, works of the devil in mm-hmm. your life. That means yep. you don't have to manage like with these anger management classes. <laughs> Even the title anger management, right? I'm like, oh, we're missing it. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah. That's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. I was talking to a friend um, at church the other day. Uh, uh, she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm good, I'm good, how are you? And she's like, I'm good, I can't complain. And I said, well, even if you did, you couldn't change anything, right? You'd just go to bed that night super exhausted and and, um, <laughs> and, and faint-hearted and weary and the life sucked out of you because you've been complaining all day and you haven't changed anything except exhausting yourself. Exactly. And she was like, oh, Lisa, that was a lot deeper than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's true, like uh, managing emotions is exhausting. Yes. Oh, I can exhaust myself just sitting here in my own head. Yeah. It's exhausting, but it's never. It's not what Jesus died for. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, we're trying to battle demons with our own flesh. And that's what this is talking about. Yep. Let's read on. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. Go ahead and read this passage in the Passion for me. Yeah. Says, for although we live in the natural realm. We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture 
like prisoners of war, every thought, and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. So in, in the New King James, that's the passage that says taking captive every thought, every mm-hmm. stronghold that exalts itself against the truth of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to take those, that thought captive. It's interesting to note that if you read that in the Greek, that word thought actually denotes emotion. Oh, okay. Nice. So it's... <laughs> Yeah, it makes, it makes so, perfect yes. sense. So when you're you're thinking about not just because most of our emotions are rooted in thoughts and thoughts are rooted in emotion. When you look at it biblically, it's called the seat of emotions. It's your gut, mm-hmm. um, and so there really was not a lot of a separation between the head and the heart. Um, just like the word phreneo, which is attitude, is the exercise of your thinking and the affection of your heart. Mm. Um, so when you're thinking about this, we capture, we take like prisoners of war, every thought and every emotion. I don't know about you, but I have been in seasons in my life where I felt like an emotion was too big for me. Mm. Just way too big for me. Yeah. I felt overwhelmed by it. Um, I have been in seasons in my life when I felt like a thought was too big for me. And I couldn't take care. And I tried to reason through that thought or I tried to stop feeling that thought, that emotion. It's terrible. It's like trying to stop eating when you're on a diet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, but when I'm on a diet, what I want to do is I want to do the don't think about it diet. I just don't want to think. I just want to be free. Right. Because if I'm counting calories all day long, y'all don't take me as a nutritionist. But (laughs) for me personally, I just felt captivated. Yeah. I just don't want, I just want to be free, you know? And so I want to be free from my emotions. I don't want to have to manage them all day long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of us have settled for emotion and thought management and not recognize the warfare that is made available to us through worship. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I think we, what we try and do with the emotions and thoughts that we are battling is, like you mentioned it earlier, we try and manage it. So we just put it in, we put it into... Um, boxes in our in our head like okay it's here that's over there that's that's here and then we just avoid them right like we just I'm gonna do my best to avoid it I'm not gonna think about that I'm not gonna worry about that I'm not gonna look at this because it's a trigger or this or that right yeah and so we just we're just gonna avoid it right we're not Mm -hmm. even gonna not even gonna deal with it but what happens is when you create a box for that emotion, what you're doing is you're actually giving it the space to become a stronghold, yep. which is what that scripture was talking about earlier, the Ephesians, the Ephesians um, passage. And when those things become a stronghold, now we're dealing with, you know, something a lot more difficult to get rid <laughs> I of. Yeah, like the a, demons. Yeah, like we've seen. So um, <laughs> We have seen. <laughs> so that's where we're, you know, when you do... If you can take those emotions, take those thoughts, if you can take them captive right at the beginning and insist that it bows mm-hmm. down to Christ, mm-hmm. then we can avoid it becoming a whole stronghold. Like, we never even have to go there. Let's just deal with it at the beginning, get rid of it. All right, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. I'm free. And we deal with that by really declaring truth, which is a form of worship. worship. When I worship. slip into what is true versus how I'm going to go past what I'm feeling, I'm going to ask myself, I'm going to slip into my... Mm-hmm. From brain health, I'm, go- I'm going into my prefrontal lobe, my executive control, and saying, okay, I'm going to settle the basal ganglia down. I'm going to settle all the sensory parts, and I'm going to actually think with executive control, what does God say about this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, shout out to my book. I'll go ahead and shamelessly plug it, Enforcing Prayer. The entire book is a demonstration of how do I declare what is true in my life. So let's say I'm going to do a quick demonstration. Let's say I struggle with a lot of a struggle with failure. Mm. I feel like a failure. My results in life have legit been failure. 
But God says that I am more than a conqueror in Christ. God says every place I set my foot, he's going to give me that land. God says he's put a shield of victory in my hand. God says I stand high upon the heights and the enemy is beat as fine dust beneath my feet. Now, <laughs> I don't feel that way and my reality isn't reflecting that. Right. <laughs> so now I have two truths going on in my head, right? Now I'm in battle, okay? Now I've got warfare going on. Yep. When I step into worship, and we, y'all, if you have not watched the other, other episodes, you've got to go back. When I go past, I'm saying, okay, look, I say this to my clients. Let's put a pin in that for a minute. Let's go over here and we'll come back to that. If I say, okay, look, I'm going to put a pin in that thought process. I'm going to enter into the Holy of Holies and I'm going to have a conversation with God. In that place, I'm going to remember who am I? Mm -hmm. What does God say about who I am? And I'm going to receive the empowerment of my identity. I'm not going to just know my identity, but I'm going to receive the empowerment of my, <laughs> my, my identity and the right and the authority that I have to say, all right, I'm going to make my declaration of truth. I declare and I decree that I am not a failure because I'm a child of God. Yeah. And if God is for me, no man can stand against me. And God says, I'm a winner. He's designed me to win. He's put a forward lean into me that I stand high upon the heights. And enemy, you are beat as fine dust beneath yeah. my feet. This is not a truth for my neighbor. This is a truth for me. And I'm shifting into it right now. So what's happening is I'm beginning to feel the empowerment that has come from the presence of a living God through worship. Yep. Through worship and all of a sudden chains are being broken off of me mm -hmm. just like that yep. just like that yep. so I wanted to give that demonstration of how that works mm. how that works first John uh, 1 9 I believe it says uh, if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness mm -hmm. um, in 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 it talks about the weapons of righteousness on the right and on the left um, and, and when we go into worship, there's that process of being cleansed where we begin to see things and we have that repentance process and we're brought, I say brought back into the state of righteousness. We are righteous in Christ, right? But our soul needs to be brought back into that, yeah. into an alignment with that righteousness. Um, and, and it's talking about the weapon of righteousness, mm -hmm. the weapon of right standing with God. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, that's so good. The um, one of we're gonna we're gonna go into Acts chapter sixteen, cool. but I do want to talk about when, when I mentioned who we remember who we are when we're in worship that we're created in His image, um, and one of the questions that I had a student ask me several years ago and I thought was very interesting was why does God command us to worship Him that feels narcissistic to me? Hmm. And I thought what a great question and it took a lot of courage yeah. to ask that question right. And, and honestly, I'll be honest, like in the moment, I was like, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Lord took me to a passage in Second Kings, I believe it is, and it's talking about the Israelites, and it's talking about how they worshipped worthless idols. And it says they became as worthless idols just as they worshipped worthless idols. Yeah. And I started to realize, you talked earlier about Satan being the the... He was the, the worship leader mm -hmm. and how he allures us into worshiping things other than God. The reality is we become like whatever we worship. Yep, true. Very we begin true. to mimic, we begin to imitate whatever it is we're worshiping. People are worshiping who's a Harry Styles, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want to dress like him. Yeah. They wear clothes like him. They want, you know, yep. uh, they, they mimic their music after him. Um, so we become like what we're worshiping. And so I, I started really thinking about what a beautiful invitation that God is giving to us and saying, look, do you really want to come into the fullness of who you're called to be in the fullness of your design? 
worship me mm-hmm. and it will happen. Yes. You'll begin to operate just like me as you get to know me and as you mm-hmm. worship me. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what? So I wanted to share that and I didn't know where else it fits, so I just thought I'd throw it. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. All right, so let's read um, Acts chapter 16, okay. verses 25 through 40. 25 through 40. Sweet. Man, what a great story we're about to read. <laughs> So, verse 25 says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. you got Get it. Yeah, so they're praying and singing, <laughs> and there's prisoners all around them yeah. listening. But, but talk to me about what, what is their state right now. They're, oh, they're in prison. <laughs> they're imprisoned? In, they're in the dark? It's midnight. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the night. Now, I'd be snoozing, first of all. <laughs> yeah, or freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Uh, so 26 says, Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Whose chains? Everyone's chains. Oh, keep going. Everyone's chains were loosed. Everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison... Awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. (laughs) But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Mm. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. That's good. We can pause there. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this passage. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what's going through your head right now? So, you know, I, I love reading this and, and putting myself in Paul's situation and putting myself in Silas' situation, but I'm reading this this time from, from the position of the jailer. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there. These guys are singing, worshiping, and there's all these other prisoners, and all of a sudden this earthquake happens. Mm. And... and I'm freaking out because obviously like something supernatural is going on and this dude's probably, you know, if he is worshiping other gods, they're definitely not doing the things that our God does, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is new to him and, and he thinks, man, all, I, all these prisoners just escaped under my watch and I'm going to commit suicide. And hmm. I think this is interesting because I've I've been in a place where I'm preaching before and you've probably seen this too, Mom when you're preaching where um, I'm preaching or we're in the middle of worship or something and there's a student that I know is struggling with suicide while everyone around them is worshiping. And and yes. I can feel it in their spirit, so you know? So good. And and it, I've even noticed it when I'm preaching before and I and I believe it's the gift of discernment in me when I I'll be preaching, kind of just scanning, and it's like the Holy Spirit will just show you, hey, mm-hmm. this person is dealing with suicide. Absolutely. 
And I find it so fascinating that the you know this exact scenario is here in the Bible, right? Everyone around this guy is worshiping Paul and Silas and prisoners, and he's still dealing with suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. tendencies, That's even good. in the midst of, of worship. Mm-hmm. And how Paul and Silas um, brought him out of that, and, and I just think that's so beautiful. It's man. Good. And then his whole family ends up yes getting baptized. Yes, yes. And and it just goes to show, yeah, like our our flesh. You know, when we're struggling with suicidal tendencies or depression, like our, our flesh is, is we think it's our flesh telling us, hey, you're worth nothing. You're this. Just end it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's spiritual. It is spiritual. It is spiritual. Which is and why. how did they fight it? The, yes. <laughs> they fought the darkness. They fought their own battles. But they were also fighting the battles of those around them. Yes. With worship. With worship. With worship. <laughs> Singing and praising. Look. If I were Paul and Silas, I would have been like, oh, God. I mean, just crying out. But they're like, we love you, Lord, and we lift our voice. I mean, just boom, just releasing. And so powerful. I don't know about you. I've been in a place where somebody, I I remember, um, I believe it was Stephanie Gretzinger, and she was singing... uh, no longer a slave. Yeah. You remember we went and watched her and she's like on the stage and she's like, I'm no longer a slave to sin. Fear. What mm-hmm. sorry, I'm messing up the words, but yeah. I could swear I felt her words like penetrating oh, yeah, my skin oh, yeah. and trying to get into my to really kind of set some things free in my yeah. soul. Yeah. Things that I didn't even know were in captivity. Yep. <laughs> I was like, when you what start is getting deliverance here? and you're like, I wasn't ready to get deliverance tonight, but here we go. <laughs> I got a couple of interns on staff and a couple of cal- I was doing some deliverance on somebody the other day and they they were kind they were in there praying and interceding and one of them was like I could just see her over there. She was like, What is happening? What, yeah. what why is my head doing this? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm going through deliverance as well. But it's a beautiful thing, and it's the power of words. Like there's, there's no reasoning going on mm-hmm. at the. I, I love this very first verse. But at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Yeah. And then we hear this suddenly and immediately. Like there are some things that we have been working for. Trying to get, I'm thinking about the one with the issue of blood where she had gone from doctor to doctor and the Bible said she had spent all she had, but her condition only only got worse. But in a moment, when she touched the hem of Jesus's cloak, in a moment she was healed. There was a suddenly, and there are some people watching, there are some things in your and I's life that just needs a suddenly. That comes only through the touch of a spiritual act. Yep. Only comes through the touch of the Holy Spirit. And we tap into that through worship. Yep. When you're like, look, I, I gotta get past this. I gotta get past this depression. I gotta that's what the woman when she was, it says that the crowd thronged about. And with a tenacity, she said, if only I could touch the edge of his cloak, I know I would be healed. Yeah. Right? And that's a picture of us going, I've got to get through this depression. I've got to get past these suicidal thoughts. I've got to get past all of the voices in my head that are thronging about. Because if only I can enter into the holy of holies, I know yep. I'm going to be healed. Yep. I know I'm going to be healed. I love it. Yeah. Shake, rattle, and roll. The soul, the flesh. 
the things in our soul and there are things in our flesh that needs a spiritual earthquake. Mm-hmm. Needs something. There are some things in our land right now that needs a spiritual earthquake. Oh, yeah. Spiritual earthquake that can only be released. Look, it's not gonna be released through hate. It's not gonna be released through your really cool Facebook posts. It's not gonna be released by you defending the person that you blah, blah, blah. All It's only going to be released by worship, yep. period. That is yeah. your act. That is your weapon. That is how you engage in warfare and it's how you win. Yep. I wanna win. Yep, yeah. We ain't no losers. No, no losers in the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. And I think a, a lot of this stuff that, you know, the the receiving healing, receiving deliverance and, and pushing through and actually winning, it it's, it's a partnership, right? Like we have to partner with God because God wants all those things for you. And you know, he's he, already done it all. He's done it, right? It, it's, it's yours. It's there for the taking. And we talked about this a few episodes ago. Worship is the bridge. Right? Yes. Worship is how you partner with God. It's so good. To, to get all that. So good. And, you know, it's not always going to happen in your timing, but it'll happen. You just have to worship. Just keep pressing in. Mm-hmm. Keep going deeper. Keep getting into the Holy yes. of Holies. And, uh, and maybe, maybe it doesn't happen, you know, immediately, but... I guarantee you God's doing something that Mm -hmm. you're not aware of that'll help you three years from now. That'll help you 10 years from Mm -hmm. now. He's always doing something. Yes. Always. And we don't, we don't understand what he's doing many times and that's okay. Like I'm, I'm cool with not understanding. Like I'm just privileged to be in his presence, Mm -hmm. you know, but man, if we just keep worshiping, keep pressing in, Mm -hmm. Just watch it happen. It'll happen. And remember that worship is about position and posture, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to position myself in in the the real me, the true me. Even though when I get up, I'm still I still I'm working through some of these battles. But the more I position myself, the more I remember this is what I'm striving for. This is what is due mm-hmm. me. This is who I really am. This is the authority that I have. This is what Jesus died to set me free for. Yeah. When I'm positioning myself in that holy of holies, when I'm choosing, and I'm using the word choosing, when I'm choosing to bypass the soul, press into the holy of holies, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get up and still battle with some of those things. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says that, he prepareth a table before us in the presence of my enemy. Right. It means I can still be like, ooh, I still feel and I still see and I still have thoughts of depression, but there's a knowing in my knower because I've just been sitting in the presence yeah. that there's a greater something and I'm working towards the complete manifestation yep. of that thing. Yep. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the, the storm. storm. Not, not after the storm. Ooh, that's good, yeah, you know? that's real good. I'm gonna sing. There's a doorway of hope in the Valley of Acor. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. Valley of Death, the Valley of Trial, yeah. the Valley of Tribulation. It doesn't say when you get through here, I'll yeah. show you your doorway of hope. He says, actually, your doorway of hope is in the midst of it. Yeah. So While good. I'm walking through the Valley of the Shadow yes. of Death. Yes. You know, it's good. It's not when I get on the other side. But but I'm also not camping there either. I'm yes. walking through it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Yes. While I walk through it, I'm not going to fear. Yeah, you know, Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, take this cup from me. And God said, no, this yeah. is the cup that you're supposed to drink. And he said, okay, then if only as I, as I drink this cup will I pass through it. Mm-hmm. 
And he basically said, like, this is a part of the deliverance, a part of the freedom and the healing, not just for me from this world, but for the yeah. world. Yeah, that's so good because there are some things that you're going to go through. Yes. I mean, like, let's just be honest. This earth, it sucks sometimes. But as I go through it, God, you know, use it at least. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm going to go through this, at least use it mm -hmm. and work it out for, yeah. for your good. For your good and his good. So I like to say to my residents, if it's not good, God's not done. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's really about pressing through. I think we've talked about a lot of really good things today. Paul and Silas, um, I, I love the power of worship that we see here that kept them in the right frame of mind, reviewing back, reminding of who they were, reminding of the right that they had, that no matter what the hour is, the power of worship not just set them free, but had the power to set people around them free. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So worship is a powerful, powerful tool. This sums up our entire series where we talked about what is worship, what is the cost of worship, the pattern of worship, and today worship is warfare. All right, Turner, it has been so good yeah. having you on the series, Thank and you. I will have you back again for sure. Cool. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.